0: Welcome to episode 17, and the end of September if you're listening to this in real time. Here in Iowa, it's turning to fall. The mornings are cooler, and the days are almost the perfect temperature. The kids are back in school, and we're gearing up for Halloween and cooler weather, which means leggings, boots, hoodies, and backyard fires. I have so many exciting guests coming on the show in October and November, and I'm trying not to wish away the days until those episodes launch. In this episode, we're talking about self-care, which is the starting point for all of my upcoming guests in October and November. So let's get on with it. Grab your favorite beverage, lace up your shoes, or stay cuddled on the couch or in bed, because for the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking about how you can take care of yourself. The term self-care is pretty explanatory, and yet I hear from so many of you that you aren't practicing self-care regularly either because you think it's selfish, are so busy taking care of everyone else, or you don't think you deserve it. Friend, you deserve to be taken care of by others and yourself. And as I'm sure you've heard, and not to sound too cliche, self-care isn't selfish, and we are better for others when we take care of ourselves. When I asked... I heard that you're not practicing self care because there isn't enough time in the day for manicures, pedicures, massages, and facials. Let's start with the time constraint. I get it. We've all got things going on that take time out of our day. And time is a construct, it's an idea. And it's all about how we are perceiving time. When we tell ourselves that we don't have time for self care, we're perpetuating the problem. It's not about having the time. It's about creating the time. I know, you may be thinking, Sprina, that is complete horseshit. There are only 24 hours in a day. We all have the same 24 hours. We cannot create more. True, there are 24 measurable hours in a day, and seven days in a week, and yada, yada, yada. Which is why I said it's about how we are perceiving that time. A couple weeks ago, the family and I went to see Labyrinth in Theaters. We decided to stop by Culver's for dinner before we went. The drive-thru looked super busy, so I thought going inside to order would be faster. I was wrong. So wrong. Stood in the lobby, waiting for our six chicken tenders and large order of cheese curds for over 20 minutes. This is supposed to be fast food. The other patrons waiting for their food were getting annoyed. I didn't have my phone, as I thought it was going to be a quick in-and-out thing, and I don't wear a watch anymore. So I had no idea how long I was waiting. But it felt like forever. And I had no idea how long it actually was, until Anthony came in asking what was taking so long, and told me we have five minutes to get to the theater for the movie. I knew it had been a long time, but... I kept thinking it only felt like forever, when it kind of was. But, I mean, 20 minutes isn't really that long, either. When you're waiting for fast food, though, it's forever. Here's another example. Anthony used to want me to play Minecraft with him, and I highly dislike playing this game. Each time I'd agree, because, you know, making memories. 30 minutes of playtime felt like five hours hours. When have you experienced this warped sense of time where things seem to take forever? On the flip side of that, after we got our food and rushed to the theater and the movie had started, the next two hours flew by. I was watching my favorite movie on the big screen with my loves. Before I knew it, the credits were rolling and it was time to go home and get ready for bed. How could that be? Sarah had just met Hoggle. It wasn't time to leave yet. Fortunately, the movie was over, and it was 9 p.m. on a Wednesday, and we had a 30-minute drive home. Other times I tend to lose track of time is when I'm with good friends. Hours can fly by in the blink of an eye. Or when I'm in the flow interviewing a guest for the show. Or deep in conversation about food and body with a client. I can't tell you how many times I've looked up at the clock in session to see that we've got five minutes to wrap up before I need to be in the next session. So while there are 24 hours in a day, each of those minutes or hours do not feel the same because of our perception. Now, I encourage you to start shifting your perspective on time to include self-care. On that note, self-care doesn't need to take hours out of your day. You don't need to spend Hours getting a manicure or a pedicure or a massage or a facial or walking or running two to five hours every single day. No. Self-care can be found in just a minute here and there. So let's brainstorm some ways to practice self-care that honor the health of all four of our bodies. Mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. Physical self-care can include things like your basic hygiene. Yeah, brushing your teeth two to three times per day. Flossing, washing your face, washing your hands. Even brushing your hair can be considered self-care. Showering, even if it's a quick shower at the end of the day to rinse off the stress. can also include things like moving your body. Going for daily walks with Emrys has become one of my favorite parts of the day. And on days when it's raining, I really miss those walks. Physical self-care can also include things like going to the dentist at least twice a year for regular cleanings and exams. There you go, Dr. Deb. There's your plug. Going to your primary care doctor for regular checkups. And taking medications as prescribed. Physical self-care can also include things like manicures, pedicures, massages, if you enjoy those things. But it doesn't have to be those big events or cost a lot of money. Spiritual self-care can include things like prayer, meditation, attending group services and activities. You can spend as little or as much time as you want. A quick expression of gratitude before dinner for the food on your table, the plants or animals that gave of themselves to provide this food, the work and energy involved in getting it to your table. Or you could spend hours in a meditative practice. Whatever is going to connect you to your spiritual source, side, and beliefs, that's practicing good self care. I'm going to lump mental and emotional self care into one because they often get put together and they go hand in hand. Spending time with loved ones, learning new things reading, practicing self-coaching, practicing intentional thoughts. Meditation is also helpful here. This could also include journaling and engaging in hobbies, or as simple as taking a few moments to focus on your breath throughout the day. The great thing about self-care is that this practice often overlaps the four bodies, and what is good for one is good for all. So how do we create more time in your day for self-care? I'm going to Create five steps on the fly because done is better than perfect and undone and five is an easy number to remember. So count them off on your hand. One, take an honest look at your day and how you are spending your time. Two, identify where you're currently practicing self-care and pat yourself on the back for already doing this. Bravo. Three, Identify those tasks and the time spent doing those things that you don't enjoy. Because remember, why are we doing things that don't bring us joy? Why? Four, pick, let's say one self-care activity that takes minimal time and tools and implement this into those times that you don't enjoy, but are doing because you don't want the outcome if you don't. Think of work here. You may not like every minute at work. And you do like the paycheck that you get. So try adding in some breaks throughout your day to take a few deep breaths. It doesn't have to be five minutes, 10, 15, 20. Can be two minutes if you need to excuse yourself to go to the restroom. And fifth, pick one self-care activity that takes a bit more time and or space to complete and will also have a bigger impact on your health. Complete this at least once a week. This could be things like getting a massage, practicing breath work, practicing self-coaching, meal prepping. There's an idea. Self-care can be great in the moment to manage stress, but it also has long-term effects. So let's get all the benefits by implementing one short-term self-care activity each day and one long-term self-care activity per week. When I followed similar steps, my eyes were open to how much time was spent getting Anthony ready for school and to school, especially since we moved out of town. There is a bus that picks up kids and takes them to school. Do you know that? I grew up going to school with my mom since she was a teacher So when I had a kid, it just seemed like the thing to do. But then I had this brilliant idea. If Anthony rides the bus to school, I can gain about 30 minutes to my day, five days a week. So he started riding the bus. And instead of gaining 30 minutes, I gained a whole hour, friend. The bus picks him up at about 7.25, whereas previously I wouldn't get home from dropping him off until almost 8.30. So by him riding the bus, I created an extra hour in my day. I use this hour to walk or run with Emrys, to stretch, to shower. And some days I get to work on things like this podcast, engaging with you on social media, or not having a hundred unread emails in my inbox. Do you want an extra hour in your day? Want some help going through the five steps I spoke about? I'd love to help. Come join the Live Healthily Ever After Facebook community, and let's get other friends in on this brainstorming session on how you can create more time. I've included a link in the show notes. If you are not a self-care expert yet, I hope this episode helped shed some light on how you can shift your perspective on time and self-care, offering ideas on how you may already be engaging in self-care and how you can implement more. I didn't mention this earlier because I was saving it we all know how important sleep is to feeling well, both physically and mentally. Knowing how important it is and actually getting good sleep are completely different. So I have some exciting news for you. The next two episodes of the Emotional Eating Therapist Show are going to have some sleep experts as guests. If you have any questions for them, please send me an email with the subject, sleep help. And stay tuned as they may have some interesting things to share that may help you become a sleeping beauty. Until next time, friend, I wish you well.